You want to go ahead and talk? <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> On this episode of the Word Bros, we are talking to Rich Duick, writer of the book Word. Uh, is the writer of the book Gutter Magic, and in stores right now is uh, his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle book, so go pick that up. My name is Bob Hello, and I am here with Kevin Cuff, as always, and we are... The Word Warriors, brother. No, no, we're the Word Bros. You can't, oh, can't be the Word Warriors? Can't do that right now. Like the Road Warriors? No, like, no. You can't play a theme song? I'll be like, ah. No, we're the word bros. Oh, we're, man. Yeah. Even though we should have been the word tank clan, I liked that one better. Word tank clan. But I already made the Twitter account before. Yeah. Uh, but, we well, were word bros is a joke because we're not really bro-y dudes. No, we're not bros. No, we're, we're, we're bros like we're, like we love each other, but we're yeah. not like bros like, like bro-y dudes. Like, can you even lift bro? We're not the... <laughs> I mean, we can be. We, do you, we can joke around. Do you even write, bro? Do you even, <laughs> do you even type, son? Dude, that, that sentence ended in a preposition, bro. You can't have that. That's whack. <laughs> oh, no. We went there. So, um, Too many um, adverbs, bro. And a good thing about our guest today, uh, about Rich Dueck, is that he is a comics experience guy. Yeah. As we'll learn something today about the um, the website that is comics experience, that how it will help you grow as a writer if you listen to this podcast for that. If you're listening for entertainment value, there's always me and Bob being dumb. Yeah, which is always good. Yeah, we're good at that stuff. So, so and, and I guess without further ado, um, we can get to uh, Rich Dueck. Yeah, buddy. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Nice, nice. I am well. Thank you for asking. And uh, do me a favor. Um, I am really historically poor with um, phonics and vowel sounds. <laughs> so if you could pronounce your last name for me, that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, my last name has uh, three vowels in a row, so it, it's it's a challenge. Uh, but <laughs> it's uh, it's Rich Dueck. Um, Dueck. I yeah. never would have got that in a million but, years. I've heard I've heard them all, so you're not gonna you're not gonna offend me. People have uh, been mispronouncing my name since like uh, like first grade, like uh, the teacher calling roll and stuff. So <laughs> I'm way used to it. So you're but rich, yeah, rich Dueck. Now I would yeah. be afraid to pronounce your name because you're a big, scary-looking dude, and you <laughs> you look like you'd stomp a mud hole in somebody. I know, right? I got that kind of like uh, Steve Austin, like Twitter, uh, Twitter avatar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is because when Ke- Kevin was ranting and raving about you after Heroes, he was saying you're such uh-huh. a personable dude. He had such a nice time talking to you. We got to have him on the show. And I think we did follow. We are following each other on Twitter. And I was like, wait a minute, you're telling me this guy's not uh, a, a professional wrestler or B singer of a like a of a, like a, a, a band? no? What's the name of that band with the wow? 
ah, disturbed. He's not a disturbed <laughs> cover band singer. He's the actual comic book writer. That's amazing. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like I have a friend who's a, a photographer and he he's like, uh, you know how they shoot like MMA fighters and wrestlers and stuff? He's like, I want to learn how to do that. He's like, and you kind of like look the closest to that. So I want you to be my uh, my model for this. So I was like, all right. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. So like we're doing the photo shoot and he's like trying to like light me from the side and stuff. And he's like, uh, like look meaner, look meaner, look meaner. So, yeah. He's so nice. Yeah. So I was like, I've seen yeah. the picture and I was like, dude, he looks like he would like eat somebody. Like he's like, he's just looks mean. He looks like, uh, we, he looks like he's getting ready to cut a promo. He's like, you know, we're bros. <laughs> Maybe we can have you do that at the end. We can light you like your Twitter handle picture and you can cut a word bros promo on us. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Now you've got a lot of stuff going on because uh, uh, like I said, I follow you on Twitter and you were talking about how you have a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle book out on the shelves right now, yeah. like today. Yeah. yeah, it came out yesterday, which is- Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's really awesome. Like uh, I was, I was- talking to Bobby, the editor, Jay, and I, and I told him, I was like, it didn't really hit me until like I saw it on the shelf, like that, I, I, like I'm like in my own small way, part of Teenage Ninja Turtles now. Yes. Something that I've like, you know, read when I was like a teenager and then watching the TV, sh- the cartoon and the movies and all that stuff, you know, like I've been a fan since like the original comics, like the original black and white ones from Eastman and Laird. So it was just like a tremendous like opportunity and like, uh, you know, so happy to do it. So what um, you can do basically at this point is you can go to Toys R Us and hang out in front of the Ninja Turtle toys. And when a kid comes up and grabs you, you're like, oh, that's all me, kid. That's all. Yeah. You want me to autograph that for you? Yeah. <laughs> sign, sign, sign a blister. I don't care if the character was in my book or not. It's like, you know, yeah. Now, who was the coolest who was the coolest ninja turtle character that you have you got to write how many issues are you doing of this because it's the ninja turtle it's it's the the second ninja turtle book idw is yeah. doing correct yeah it's teenage ninja turtle universe which okay. is kind of like a i want to like call it like a showcase book because it, it doesn't necessarily um follow like the main storyline of the first book uh, like you know sometimes they do like reference each other Mm -hmm. it really is kind of like a a vehicle for like standalone stories uh some of them have the turtles in them others um feature like uh, mine features the mighty meat animals which is kind of like the uh like you know like like another team in the universe yeah like old hob is the guy that uh he was like leader and then slash was a part of it for a while And, uh, you know, it, like it's the team has like an interesting history because it originated in the uh, Archie comics run. And I think as like kind of like a way to just sort of get like more and goofier mutants in there because the Archie, um, the Archie title is like really more geared, like it had more of like a cartoony sensibility than like, you know, the, like the more serious, like continuity that IW has going on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when they, when they brought the Mutanimals into the um, IEW continuity, you know, some characters crossed over and then created some new ones. And uh, one of the cool things was that with the, with 
this issue. Uh, and at this point, this is the only, it's, it was, it's like a one and done kind of deal. So um, I'm not going to be on the title um, for like the next issue or, you know, we'll see like down the road, who knows. But for now, it's just like a one shot. But uh, we, I got to bring back uh, one of the original characters from the Archie comics named Dreadmon, who is a uh, kind of like a jackal uh, red wolf mutant. That's uh, pretty rad. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> So like uh you know in in the uh, in the original comics he had like a really kind of convoluted backstory where like uh he was like he was born in Africa, then went to Jamaica and then found like a magic amulet that turned him into this jackal creature, which I guess technically doesn't make him mutant, but it was more easily he's like, you know, a magical form or something. So so you know, we didn't it wasn't like a one to one thing because it's like we wanted to bring back the essence of the character but but kind of uh, bring him into um, sort of like the more, I, I would say like, you know, more of like the vibe that IDW has going on. So, okay. which is a little more serious, a little more, um, you know, grounded and down to earth. Like there's not, like there are mystical elements, but it's not, you know, I never kind of looked at it as a sort of, uh, universe where somebody would pick up a magic amulet and get turned into like a, a Ross, <laughs> Rastafarian jackal. So, um, I so mean, you know, so if yeah, I so, was going to create a Rastafarian jackal, that's how I'd do it. With a magical amulet? With, of yeah. course. Yeah. With a magical like pot leaf amulet that turned him into a, a Rastafarian. Yeah, man, jackal. <laughs> we'll so, do it with you know, a magical radio. Yeah. It would, t- well, it would turn yeah. him into like a uh, King Willie from predator two. <laughs> <laughs> he found King Willie's head, and then he turned into a magical reggae jackal. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Write it down, Rick. Let's do it. All right. It's going, it's going on the books <laughs> for, for the next one. So, yeah. So, you know, like, like, like there was a lot of, like, kind of, like, revising, like, his backstory and coming up with kind of a new one. So I feel like it's a little more, like, uh, serious and grounded now, you know, where um, – you know, I, I, I think he fits in really good. And, and the That's other awesome. two, yeah, the other two characters that we um, were able, that, that are highlighted in this issue are um, Man Ray and uh, Sally Pride, who are like both kind of like, that were introduced in the original Meat Animals uh, uh, miniseries by uh, my friend Paul, Paul Lore. Okay, um, we met Paul at a show recently. Yeah. Nice dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. He's a tricon. And, uh, and yeah. he's also uh, a comic experience veteran. He is. He's it's, it's, uh we kind of both came up through there like the same time. I think he joined like maybe six months before I did. It sounds but, like that's uh, the place to be if you're a young talent, you want to get seen in the industry. Comic experience is, is where it's at. Now tell me a little bit about this comic experience, because I don't know anything about it. Kevin, sure. Yeah. What do you know about comic experience? I know experience? a little bit. So, I, I was on the website for like uh I want to say three or four months as part of the um, the creators like I think it's called like a creators workshop where you do yeah. uh, script reviews and stuff. But I didn't have mm-hmm. time to do it because mm-hmm. of my day job, and then I, I'm a single dad at night. So like yeah. trying to get on there and find extra time to critique scripts. I critiqued enough scripts to get something reviewed, and then I was like, but I just now got there after spending ninety dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm good. I, I didn't use it as much as I thought I would. So let me go ahead and hop off for a little while until I know I have the time to use it. Cause if you have the time to use it, I would say it's awesome. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's one of the. It's definitely one of those things where like you kind of like get out. Like the more you put in, the more you get out of it. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, you know, otherwise, it's like you're kind of, you know, spending the money to like uh, talk about like uh, why you think Wonder Woman sucks or why you love it or whatever. You know, like uh, I, I mean, there is that kind of like discussion aspect too. You know, because people like to, you know, blow off steam or, or like, you know, talk to, you know, talk to each other about movies, about comics, about all that stuff. But, you know, the really like the meat of it is is kind of uh, reviewing your peers work and getting your work reviewed by your peers. That's cool. And, um, yeah, that was a, that yeah. was an awesome part. I, I like mm-hmm. that idea. Yeah. And then you also like Andy, the guy who runs it. um he he has he he does um deals with uh like uh comics professionals uh where they'll come on uh and they'll review scripts and they'll have like a kind of like an ask me thread you know so it's awesome. like ask them anything and it's not like it's not like you know has-beens it's like you can you're on there you can ask colin bunn a question you could ask fred van lente you could ask, I love uh, Van Lente. He's yeah. awesome. Oh, dude, that, he's and that's, awesome. That's like if you're a writer, if you're if you're an artist, you can write. You can ask uh, like uh, Chris Sotomayor, who's like nice. one of the best colorist in the yeah. business. Um, in the game, son. Yeah, Robert Atkins, <laughs> who does like a lot of uh, GI Joe stuff, and that's killer for IDW. Yeah, so it's a great resource, you know. And then also the other the other aspect of comics experience is if you. Um, if you really want like a more structured kind of thing, they do okay. offer a lot of classes. That's awesome. So there's like an intro to writing class, an intro to art, intro to coloring. And then there are some more advanced classes that kind of uh, drill down into different topics. Like one, like the advanced writing classes could be about like, you know, how do you structure a miniseries? How do you write characters? Stuff like that. Okay. But Cause that's really, how, yeah. cause that's how you got in with, is that how you got in with IDW through comics yeah. experience? Because that's mm-hmm. your book that you're here to talk about is called gutter magic and gutter magic yeah. was a comic experience. IDW kind of production. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it is. Uh, hey, you know, hang on, hang on before you go on, sure. Rich. I'm really good at this. I just wanted to throw that out there. That, did, you, <laughs> did you see these segues that I'm building here? Did you see this? Did you Lovely. see? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just okay. my own horn. That's all. You're a professional. Yeah, it's I not am. fair. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like comics experience have been around for, has been around for quite a few years and there was a lot of great work being produced out of there. And I think uh, Andy had never really wanted to be like a publisher by himself. But when he started talking to a few different companies where it was like, well, maybe if we do it as an imprint where like what ultimately wound up being IDW, where like, you know, IDW has like distribution network and, you know, printing connections and stuff. So, so it was almost like if uh, we, you know, has like the comics experience name on it and to show that, uh, it, you know, this is like done by people who have come up through that, um, through that program. But, uh, but IDW is basically, um, you know, kind of putting their stamp on approval That's as cool. well and, ha- and handling all like the printing and, 
and getting it out into the diamond catalog and things like that. So it's, it was great. It's one of those things that kind of make everybody look cool because it gives legitimacy to comic experience. Mm -hmm. And then it also, IDW can be like, hey, look what we're doing. We're giving guys shots that may not yeah. have been seen before. So it, it's kind of one hand washes the other thing, which is well mm -hmm. played by everybody on that side. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's good strategy. And if you look at kind of like the premier publishers that work in the direct market, and by premier, I mean like front of the diamond catalog, I think there's like six of them, mm -hmm. you know, and, and like there's not a lot of opportunities no. for <laughs> you to get your first book like in that section of the catalog. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, as, as wonderful publishers as like Image and Dark Horse and IDW are, it's like, you know, if you really, really look at the amount of people who just sort of like drop their first book at Image or drop their first book at Dark Horse or, you know, IDW, it's very, very small. Yes. So, mm -hmm. um, so it was just like a, a great opportunity. Like Andy called me up to talk about it and he was kind of like, oh, so I don't know if you want to do it. And I was just like, what are you I nuts? Like, I was like, dude, like I was ready to say yes, like 10 minutes ago, you know, <laughs> I was like, you, you really have to go into the details. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, it was a great opportunity. That's awesome. and, like, you know, I, and I, and I think like, you know, we, we did like gutter magic itself did really well and probably got in front of a lot more people than it would have like if I had self-published it, mm -hmm. you know, or, or something like that. So then now, so. so with the Kickstarter you're doing, is this the continuation of the IDW thing or is this, is this your kind of venture with gutter magic into self-publishing? This is kind of like, it's like a new thing, but it's also almost like a return to like the roots of what I was doing with it. Because before I did the mini series, I had done like, just like a series of like short stories in this like universe. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them, actually most of them were with the main characters that were in the miniseries. But at the same time, it was just like, I, I was just looking to do like just an ash can, like a showcase that I could hand out to publishers at conventions. And it was just these like short stories. So when I finished the miniseries, I kind of took a step back and uh, I was thinking about what I was going to do next. And, you know, the series did well at IDW, but I don't, it didn't do so well that I thought like if I went to them and said, hey, let's do more, that it would be like the definite, yeah, of course we're gonna, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of like, well, you know, maybe I could kickstart it, but then, I, you know, I've never done Kickstarter before and I didn't feel like it was a great idea to kind of say like, here's volume two and, here's you know what we need for it and then if if that kind of flops then and the kickstarter doesn't make it then you know that would look a lot worse than like uh you know if uh if this kickstarter doesn't do so well it's like it's some short stories and uh it's not like you know like I, it'll be easier for me like if we don't have don't happen to make our funding it'll be easier for me to find a way to do it than to for me to do like an entire another entire like graphic novel length length work. Okay. So this this is so the reason I'm I was doing I'm doing this approach is because you know like I'm still learning Kickstarter I'm still learning the way to go so I wanted to have something that had like a manageable goal you know so where I could still pay the artists well uh, but it wouldn't be like I'm asking for like 
fifteen thousand dollars or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> if you're like, let's start small. You know, we'll do this. If it works out, you know, maybe do it a couple more times till I kind of get more of the hang of it, and then, you know. And then as far as like a straight up, like, you know, second season of like the mini series or whatever that, that can come down the road. But in the meantime, there is just, you know, like I'd been working on gutter magic for at least like five years before it ever got published. And I have like notebooks and notebooks full of, of content of like, you know, the way the way the city works, all the different gangs in the city, well, you know, how magic works, or how, you know, who's who and what's what. And I have like all this material that is just sort of like this little like trove of things that I love to go back and mine. And, and, you know, when you're doing, when you're doing a mini series or any kind of like, you know, focusing on one story, it's like, you know, a lot of stuff winds up getting cut, you know, mm-hmm. You, know, right. you really kind of need to focus on the story and make sure like that story comes through and you might not have as much time as you'd like to spend on like little side aspects. So, so that was like another thing is that I, I, I just really feel like there's like a lot to the world and it can support a lot of different types of stories can support a lot of different, um, you know, types of characters. So I just really wanted to kind of explore that and expand things. And um, I'm also kind of one of those guys where I like to sort of uh, have everything like uh, fit together in weird ways. So it's like, you know, like, uh, you know, one thing I love with like short stories is like, you know, I could like maybe go back to the gutter match miniseries and pick a character in the background that was like just sitting in a bar and was like, okay, well, you know, let's do let's do a little story about this guy what what he's got going on you know i think um one of the things that brett and i uh talked about a lot when we were developing the art was that i was like i told him like i you know like i wanted to feel like this is like a city that's like alive with like adventure so it's like we happen to be following this adventure but i want you to be able to kind of like like uh look at like the background characters and like there's like something else going on there and like almost like if it was like a documentary or something and the camera just started following that guy like you know you could have like a little interesting journey going on there so a lot of what I want to do with this Kickstarter is just sort of like you know put like some more meat on the bones of of the universe and have it feel like a real kind of like living place that's like full of a lot of um great stories so you said you've been developing gutter magic for five years before you even published the first one yeah yeah i mean because when i started writing it you know i hadn't really thought of myself as a comics writer i i you know comics were something i loved and i always wanted to write them but i didn't really know like enough about how to approach scripting or you know how to go about it so when i when i was you know, thinking about writing, I thought of Gutter Magic as like, it was going to be like a novel. Okay. But, um, so I started developing it that way. Uh, then I, uh, when I started, when I really decided that I wanted to take up uh, comics writing, I, I started taking the courses uh, with comic experience and doing the workshop thing. And I was like, well, you know, there's this sort of like, 
not even halfway finished novel that I've got lying around. And, you know, I think it could make like a great comic because a lot of the stuff I was writing was like, you know, had a lot of like what I thought would be like spectacular visuals. So, okay. so I started developing that as uh, comic scripts. And, you know, so when you, so, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. So yeah, like I have like, like if, if anyone ever wants to do like uh gutter magic like the role-playing game or something like i've got the source books i just need to type them out (laughs) i like how you throw that in there like you like segue in if you ever want to do a role-playing game (laughs) role-playing games on kickstarter make more money than yeah anything else it's anything crazy we're all all in the wrong business here we should be writing game manuals it's nuts (laughs) so so do you play role-playing games rich not so much anymore, but uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've played them since I was, um, God, like probably like 11 or 12. Like I started with Dungeons and Dragons, like a lot of people, uh, and I still love D&D. But um, as I was, uh, as I got older, uh, made a few friends in like the kind of like the indie gaming boom in like the early 2000s. Like I'm, I'm really good friends with Luke Crane, who wrote a, a game called Burning Wheel. That was one of like the first um, kind of like indie role-playing role games to really take off. So yeah, I mean, not like, and, and the reason I don't really play that much anymore, it's more of like a time thing than anything else. It's more like, dude, know, I like, can get you in a game, bro. Just tell me. <laughs> it's like you know, like I've got kids, and you know, it's like you know, like getting like coordinating and stuff. But like, I love gaming. Roll twenty, son. Roll twenty dot net's where mm-hmm. it's at. Everybody be playing on there. I yeah, got to play in yeah. two games on Roll twenty dot net. It's awesome. Now, oh, yeah, check it we, out. We've beat around everything uh, that is gutter magic. You've told us about the worlds you're building. You've told us about mm-hmm. you've been doing it for five years. What actually is gutter magic? What is the book itself about for those people who haven't seen the uh, the trade or the issues or anything like that? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So gutter magic. The way, the quickest way I could describe it, it's kind of like Harry Potter meets Sin City, like in a way. It's this magical world where uh, wizards are out in the open. The backstory is that uh, during World War II, rather than there being kind of like this race to build uh, like uh, the atom bomb, there was a race to uh, like, like control magic. Like, you know, you had wizards and magical creatures getting involved on both sides. And then gutter magic is the world of gutter magic is kind of the world that exists like uh, in our modern time, like <clears throat> of like that kind of deviated timeline. Okay. So, oh, that's that's um, pretty yeah. awesome. That's, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. cool. That sounds dope. I'm into that. Yeah. So, um, so the way the world is now, it's like, if you're a wizard, uh, you're basically part of the ruling class. If you're not a wizard, uh, you kind of get by on whatever magic you can scrape together, like the potions and charms and things like that. And that stuff is what the real wizards call gutter magic because it's kind of like, you know, kind of like this like petty low power stuff that anybody can use. Um, so the miniseries is about a guy named Cinder who uh, is, was born into a very powerful magical family, uh, but he can't use magic. Uh, at all like he can't cast a spell and he has no idea why and it's sort of like consuming him his entire life as to like you know why is he sort of like the black sheep he who's like supposed to 
be one of you know the most powerful people in the city uh and he can't do anything so he's kind of dedicated his entire life to trying to like solve this puzzle and he eventually figures out that there's like sort of like a magical ritual out there that can help him and he starts gathering the pieces for it but the problem is is that a lot of the pieces are being held by very powerful uh very dangerous wizards so he finally steals the final piece and um realizes that he has no idea how to cast it and he's burned enough bridges that nobody's really going to help him and in fact the people that he's stolen from are trying to hunt him down so the miniseries is basically about him trying to figure out how to get this spell cast before the uh, people that are after him catch up to him. That's cool. Yeah. And, and if I want to read the trade for this, where can I get it? Is it on Amazon, local comic yeah. shops? Like, yeah. Can I pick a Mo- up at? Your local comic shop can order it. Uh, that's what I recommend because we love our local comic shops and we want to give them the business. But if you do not have a local comic shop or they don't have it or can't order it for whatever reason, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Comixology if okay. you do digital. Um or if you ever see me, I probably have a copy or two on me. And, I bet you uh, do. You like <laughs> a backpack, and yes. uh, yeah, I'll look you up. <laughs> so the Ninja Turtles. Yes. The Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah. Ninja Turtles is the same deal. Like it's uh, it's available uh, at your comic shop. It's available on Comixology, and I'm sure down the road uh, it'll it'll be part of uh, you know a trade paperback collection. All right, so. I'm looking at your Kickstarter now, um, which you can find on kickstarter.com. Just search gutter magic. It'll come right up. You've got what today is you've got about 17 days left. Whence this, cause this episode will be out next week. Um, mm-hmm. So tell us some of the rewards you have on your Kickstarter that you're offering for people. Cause I see some pretty cool stuff on here. There, there's yeah. really cool stuff up there. Yeah. we got a lot of great stuff. Um, it's a digital only Kickstarter. The reason I'm doing that is because, I'm not currently an international shipping magnate, so I, I, and I figure I'm learning Kickstarter, so let me learn one thing at a time and not deal with like shipping problems and things of that. I want, like, you want you to be able to get your rewards like immediately without any hassles because I don't want the fact that I don't know what I'm doing as far as printing and shipping goes (laughs) to hold up your rewards. Uh, so, <laughs> so we've got digital versions of uh, the book itself and the mini series that went out through IDW. We, you know, if you're into process and things like that, you can get uh, you can get the scripts. You can get an audio commentary that I'm going to record, kind of going through the whole thing, talking about like what I was thinking, uh, you know, and just sort of telling like little some stories about like you know the production and 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 um and the creation of it um and those are like kind of like the lower tier awards and then as we move up we kind of move into um awards that are geared towards helping uh creators who are interested in creating their own comic um we we partnered with comics experience to offer a lot of great uh, rewards like everything from uh, if you want like a one-on-one uh, phone mentorship, like an hour of phone mentoring with Andy Schmidt, who is a former editor at IDW, former editor at Marvel, 
you can get that. If uh, you can get script critiques from myself, from uh, Mark Sumerak and Molly Laser, who are both uh, former Marvel editors. Um, you can get uh, online courses. You can get uh, like trial memberships to the workshop. You know, so just like a lot of resources for awesome. people who are like looking to get into comics creation, be it writing or art or whatever it is you want to do. One of the things is like comics experience helped me so much that I thought it was a great way to like offer something to people who are who are looking for for a little bit of uh, help in that regard. Um, we've got one thing that I see a lot of Kickstarters do that I think is a lot of fun that if you want your face in the book like we'll we'll uh we'll put your face in there for like uh one of the characters um maybe you'll die i don't know well that's always good (laughs) but uh but yeah you know because it's like you can put yourself or your friend or whoever uh but that that's like always a fun one uh we've got some some of the original art from the pinups the the artists are offering up that we will actually mail out to you um, and then that's another thing that we're offering. We've got a ton of talented artists that have done uh, pinups for us. So we've got like about 15 right now and uh, it's growing because I'm getting new stuff from people like almost every week. Um, and it's like uh, guys like uh, Owen Marin, um, Charles, Paul Lin- Charles Paul Wilson III, who does uh, Stuff of Legends. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Bree Jordan, uh, Joe Movi is going to be doing one. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people. Like, I, I was really kind of like, uh, really like touched about like how supportive everyone was that I reached out to. Uh, like, you know, artist friends that I know that were willing to like do a piece. And uh, the way that we're releasing them is like most of them are going to be released like for backers only as we hit our goals. So like there's a few that like I'm using for promotion and things like that. Um, but then most of them are like when we hit like a certain funding level, I'll send it out to like just the backers and backers are also getting access to like things like uh, concept art, character sketches for the series. So, so you know, uh, we got a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff on there. And like a wide range from like, you know, from like just the book to like, uh, you know, the original like uh, art for the cover and stuff like that. So, so as far as the, uh, Gutter Magic goes, do you have plans for it after this next Kickstarter? What's what does mm-hmm. what the what does the future hold for you, Rich? All right. Well, I mean, you know, like I, I, I'm I'm developing a lot of stuff right now, like pitching things and trying to get like you know more turtles work or, or like whatever yeah. it is but um <laughs> but uh as far as gutter magic goes like let's say let's say this kickstarter is successful i'm gonna do another one uh in about like six months like okay. in the fall fall to winter and then maybe another one after that next year around this time and once i have like i'd say like three or four like solid issues worth of thing worth of uh stuff like digitally then i'm going to look into um maybe doing like something in print where i'll either take take these stories and do like a trade paperback or maybe i'll talk to idw and and maybe we can do sort of like a hardcover kind of like 
deluxe edition or something that, has, oh, that sounds yeah. awesome Hard that would be yeah listen, listen to you mr deluxe so, edition <laughs> so that that would be great you know like i don't know if they'd be down to do that but you know it's it's like uh you know it, it's sort of like it's gonna be touch and go like we'll see how see how things go i just want to take it one step at a time for now just like focus on making these stories like as, as amazing as they can be awesome. and then you know just keep doing it. Fantastic. What would you say is your greatest achievement besides making Ed Brisson eat grits? That's tough. That's, that's up there. That's up it there. Is. It is. It's you pretty. Know? It's pretty up there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I'd have to say, like you know, getting Gutter Magic published. Not even like, not even the IDW publishing. I think like getting it, getting that first issue published that I like did like a small run myself. You know, I printed out maybe like, I think like 50 copies or something. And it was really just for, to, for me to take with to uh, New York Comic Con and hand out to editors and other pros and things like that. Like, just kind of like seeing that through is like a huge accomplishment. Like just getting a book done. Because I was one of those guys that like for years and years, I was like, yeah, I'm a writer. I'm a writer. What have you written? Well, I'm working on a novel. I'm working on that novel. You know, like, you know, aside from the odd short story here and there, I had like really like I had trouble like finishing stuff. Mm -hmm. So, like, um, really like just having that that issue like and just being like, oh, what did you do? This. Bam. Bam. That's that's something that Kevin and I have talked about on this pod because once you're. you like you were saying you can talk about being a writer but nobody's mm-hmm. really going to believe you or listen to you until you can drop an issue until you can drop a trade on somebody and go hey exactly. look i did this on my own because this is the passion i have for this business mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. hey man exactly. i'm willing to work i'm willing to w- put mm-hmm. the work in because p- self publishing comics is it's it's a lose lose scenario like yeah. you're never going to make money doing it you're doing it strictly for the love mm-hmm. of story telling and the love of the medium and because you want to see your career move further and you have to finish right. because no one will believe that you do anything until you finish something right and ain't nobody, nobody reading the script son yeah nobody's, yeah, exactly. nobody's looking at some, some <laughs> nobody's got time to read a script Hell no. like, and like and it's one of those things where it's like if you like it's much easier to convince people to like invest in you and to work you, with you if you've right. shown that you've invested in yourself that's awesome like you know so so that's that's the yeah. best advice I think we can give is just get things done whether it's exactly. whether it's shorts whether it's single issue stories you know mm-hmm. just finish things because then people see that you can get things done. Exactly. I would say that's something we stressed on almost every Word Bros. Every episode. Word Bros. podcast. It's like mm-hmm. the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And my other because, my my other yeah. piece of advice that I like to give people is like just sort of don't be a perfectionist like allow yourself to suck yeah you know <laughs> that's a good because tr- yes because i still write stuff that sucks yes everybody writes stuff yes. that sucks but it's like you don't you can't get to the good stuff unless you kind of like plow through the bad stuff i told a friend of mine um this was a couple of years ago i said i want to go back and read the first thing i self-published in like five years mm-hmm. and hate it because yeah and think it's awful. And if I don't, then I haven't grown as a creative. Yeah. I mean, right. there's, ton- there's tons of stuff I would change, like in Gutter Magic, like the miniseries, like if I could go back and do it over again, 
You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. not going to do like a, I'm not going to like pull a George Lucas and do, like, <laughs> uh, you know, a revised edition or anything. But, you know, it's like, you know, you just, you learn and you grow and, and you know, but I find like, like one of the pitfalls you can like put on yourself early on is, is this like idea that like everything you do has to be great or has to be perfect. And like, it, it doesn't, it just has to be done. Yes. You right. can do the next one that, and that'll be better and so on and so forth. Perfect. You grow as you as you as you create. Exactly. Right. Now, Rich, uh, where can we find you on the social medias, on the Twitter machines, and all that jazz? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I am staked my claim to our Duek on most uh, things because you know Duek is such a common name. Yeah, I felt like I needed to. Yeah, you got to really you know, play <laughs> flag on that one. Yeah. So uh, on on Twitter, I'm at our Duek. On Instagram, same thing, Arduek. Um, on Facebook, it's actually facebook.com slash gutter magic. Okay. Uh, that's, you know, it's still pretty gutter magic focused, but I do post about like my TMNT stuff and other stuff there. So facebook.com slash gutter magic. Um, but I'd say like I'm most active on Twitter. So okay. like if you want to uh, interact, you want to drop me a line, like I, I nowhere near so popular that I ignore anybody so okay. if you say like hey i love that you are definitely going to get at least a thank you so awesome. <laughs> that's r-d-o-u-e-k yes. at r-d-o-u-e-k you got and, uh, it congratulations dude hopefully your kickstarter yes. jumps off it's and, the, and again the cool part about the kickstarter is all the rewards look like they'll be out by september so you might not be waiting yeah. forever because it's all digital so that's cool you don't have to wait yeah the slow boat from China and all that shit. Yeah. So, one, one of the stories is already done uh, it needs to be colored and lettered and you know, that doesn't take too long. And then the other two, the uh, artists are already working on them. There so, you go. That's it. You no. Know, Yep. Awesome. Well, uh, so Rich, get on this guys, yes, get keep, on this gutter magic Kickstarter. And we will have uh, links on wordbros.com and we'll tweet all that stuff out for you. So Rich, thank you so much for coming on. We greatly appreciate it and good luck, sir. Yes. Thanks for having me, guys. I had a great time. And that was Rich Duick. Uh, Duack. Duick? Was it? Is it Duack or Duick? Duack. He said Duack. He said, yeah. do, is, it's Duack. All right, yeah. we're going to have to go. I'm going to have to go make sure because it's too many vowels, man. There's too many vowels for me there, Kev. There's, there's like three in a row, like you said, man. It's like a tic-tac-toe, baby. The vowel nightmare is what it is. <laughs> all these comics, oh, all these vowels. All those letters make two sounds. <laughs> so, uh, and he was awesome. So you should go check out his Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, Gutter Magic and dude, he's got a Ninja Turtle book right now. Dude, I mean, that's crazy. Who else has it? We've we've inter- like how 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 cool is the Word Bros podcast? We've interviewed someone who who writes Ninja Turtles. Yeah, we've interviewed the the Kill All Monsters. Yeah, that book's. I have you have you let me answer me honestly. Have you pre-ordered yours yet? I have not pre-ordered mine yet. I'm have do, you I'm pre-ordered gonna, yours? I'm, I'm gonna do it this weekend. I was no, waiting to. I, I, I was waiting to get paid. I was waiting to see how I did at the show up in Ann Arbor. And then how did your show in Ann Arbor go, sir? It was cool, man. We had a really good time. It was a really fun show. I tabled next to somebody, next to two people that were really cool, a young lady named Jess, 
who was selling a book about like a girl fairy who was just fucking killing it all weekend. And then this other guy named Kyle who, uh, who writes a gumball science book, you know, the gumball show on cartoon network. Yes. Gumball. Yes. He writes a science book. So the, the two characters from gumball Darwin and gumball, I guess, I guess that's his, his gumball, his name. Yeah. Gumball's yeah. his name. So gumball and his fish, they do science experiments. They don't the learn fish any... with feet. Yes. Yes. Darwin. His brother, his brother fish with fish. Yes. Feet. But he's a cat. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it looks cool, but uh, Kyle was really nice. And uh, so, yeah, it was a fun time. And Ann Arbor is an amazing town. It was an amazing town. Like it was, it's a city run by college kids. Like they're, it's the whole, it's Ann Arbor, Michigan is the University of Michigan. So you've got like four blocks of like actual like city. And then you have the university. And in those four blocks, there are comic shops, coffee shops, pizza places, uh, Indian restaurants, uh, Mediterranean places, because there's a lot of Arab Americans there, like a lot of falafel and stuff, and medical marijuana dispensaries. And that's all Ann Arbor is. That's it. Are, are you serious? Yes, that's all it is. Because when you're saying this, I'm imagining like John Belushi from Animal House is like the mayor. And he's like, let's party! <laughs> like it gets comics. It was pretty yeah. much like John Belushi was the mayor. Okay, that's sweet. It was amazing. And the, the <laughs> campus is beautiful. Like Ann Arbor was really nice. Uh, I hope to go back next year. It was a lot of fun, man. It was cool. Hopefully it's not the same weekend as Heroes, because I got to do Heroes with my boy because yeah. Kevin's kicking it with everybody. Him and Ed Brisson, they talk in Iron Fist pitches and stuff. <laughs> I didn't pitch the man. I Iron know, Fist. I know. It's a bad joke. We were just talking Iron Fist fandom, and we happened to be fans of the same thing. So it was a, an interesting conversation. But Heroes was a, Heroes is always fun. I don't, yes. I don't think I've ever not had fun. Um, it's because you didn't go when Drew was a nobody. <laughs> <laughs> You've been hating me on – you've been hating the, uh, for years now. Like, uh, well, for three we were, years I've been getting we hate. Were, we were both nobodies back then, so and it was terrible. <laughs> um, I mean, I did go to the sections that nobody, like, hits in Heroes just because it's the people that look like they're reconsidering their life. Yes. Tables. I, I went to those tables so they didn't have to look like that, and I would see what they had to offer. Um. I think I bought something from one of them, but I'm not sure. I don't remember. Like Sunday was like a haze for me. It's, um, it was bad. <laughs> Sunday was bad. I was, was talking too much Iron Fist, son. <laughs> I was talking too much everything the night before. I was talking too much mead. That's what I was <laughs> the mead is a uh, is killer. Thank you, Thor. Uh, it was crazy. Um, but it, it, Heroes is a great time. Everybody's super nice at Heroes. I would recommend that con to anyone who loves comics. Yes. Anybody because, who, and anybody who loves art. Like, it's not yes. – like, Heroes is the coolest art show in the entire world minus the free wine and cheese. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it is. I would agree with that too because you can see someone drawing something. Like, I watched Daniel Warren Johnson draw, and he put this, like, this – piece and he and if, for those of you who don't know who daniel warren johnson is look him up he's just an amazing artist um and uh he was sitting next to um stephen green who was sitting next to um james heron so it's like it's like a triple l of like awesome fucking art so i had to like stop and watch what everybody was drawing for a second um but uh what he was doing amazed me because i've never seen it before he took like this piece of uh i don't know what it would be and he like cut it out and laid it over what he was doing. And then he was like scratching into it yeah. for texture. It was amazing. I was like, that is just crazy. Like, how would you think like, because as writers, we don't think like that like, no. I think visually, but not in that sense. No, not at all. 
like in a texture way or anything. It doesn't come to my head like that. It comes to my head in like like pictures, but they're still and they don't look like when you get your final art on a comic book, guys. If you guys are writing comic books out there, listening to Word Bros, like you're gonna think it's gonna look way different than what it looks like when you get it. But the good thing about that is, ninety eight percent of the time, whatever you get is gonna be way fucking better than what you imagined in your brain. Yeah, it is. It's like fucking Christmas times five. You're like, oh my god, it's crazy. I can't even explain the feeling. The first time you get art back, you're like, because you're like, hey, I kind of did this stuff. Like, I kind of halfway made this with somebody else. Like, and when I say halfway, I mean, you only feel like you halfway did it because the art's like crushing it at that minute. You're just like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I can't explain the feeling to you until you do it. But um, watching somebody else do that, I was like, my mind is like, it just exploded inside my head like three times. And I was like, I don't even know how you'd imagine to put that on there. Have you seen, have you seen his Star Wars stuff? Daniel Warren Johnson? No, yes. I haven't seen it. He does some Star Wars stuff. If it's the same guy that I follow on Twitter, let me look just to make sure Daniel did. He, he, he writes the book Extremity. Yeah, Daniel Warren Johnson. I want to say he does um, he does really great Star Wars commissions. Like, really great Star Wars commissions. He did a commission of the Iron Giant that's on Twitter that's yeah. fucking just incredible. Yeah, that dude. guy's a beast, dude. I follow him on Twitter and like a space mullet. Yep, he does. Yep. Dude, just go through his Twitter feed and just look for some of his Star Wars stuff. It's crazy. It's crazy good. Um, this guy's amazing. So that's I was awesome. watching him draw. That's yeah. who I was watching draw. And he was super fucking nice. Yeah. I was like, is it okay if we watch you draw? He's like, sure, man. I don't care. Yeah, most of the dudes, most of the dudes at Twitter are super nice. It's just, I mean, excuse me, most of the dudes at Heroes are amazing. It's a wonderful show um rico and sheldon and the entire staff over there just kill it i mean it's it's it is the comic art show on the east coast by far like it's just amazing and i'm gonna say we go with we go with um you know i i when we when i'm there i'm usually there with um our friend drew who was on a previous podcast you know him baby you love him you you know drew moss you know him and you love him he great Um, eat great and we go and hang out and not only do we do that but like when we're there we're talking and stuff like that but the the cool thing about being at heroes is like you don't think that you have that much of an impact as like a as like a like the first year i went i was a pseudo writer slash fan more than anything else wasn't quite a writer yet the first thing i had written was being worked on and it wasn't done so i was in that boat that we talked about earlier yeah so you were like you were like rich like oh yeah i write i write but Uh, yeah yeah people are like yeah whatever (laughs) you know until you get your first thing out then the next year went to heroes we had published elvis yes elvis so i had something and they're like oh you do write so it was a little bit one up and then this year i had fredo and I and, uh, had some oathbound, so they were like, "Oh, you really write? Oh, you you oh you fancy, huh?" So that's oh, how that went. you big time. So that's what I'm saying. That's now not you, me. That's you. Now you rub it elbows with Mr. Uh, Ed Brisson and all the <laughs> finest Canadian writers and artists in the world today. That's awesome. I mean, I think it's great. <laughs> no, I would, no, Ed Brisson just remember. Okay. That's a good dude. That's what it is. We met Ed. That's a, a really nice guy. We met Ed at Tricon, West Virginia, two Last years ago, year. and he was just a genuinely nice dude. And some guys are just like Matt Rosenberg is another one of those dudes that are just genuinely He's super nice. And Matt Rosenberg is probably my favorite comics writer. Yes, right that guy's a fucking beast, and I want to have him on the show so bad. But I just the only thing I'd be afraid of. I know Matt's really good at stuff like that, but the only thing I'd be afraid of is it would just be you to go, dude. You're so awesome, dude. Yeah. You're so awesome we would do that i'd be like um so i don't have a question i just want to say like we can never go home was the best comic i read like 
Last I haven't year. even I haven't even read that one. I've read his his Kingpin stuff, which I really dug a lot. And then, I read the first one. Uh, I have the second one too now. Did, no, did, did, did you read second. Did you read the first mini that he did? The first uh, Kingpin mini he did during the uh, Civil War two. That no. was that was really good too. Um, so no, I read I read Kingpin number one and I loved it. Yeah, he gave me number two and then he also gave me Secret Warriors. Okay, now his the that book, was nice of him. I yeah. like um, the four kids walk into a bank just crushes me in every way, shape, and or form. Like I it, didn't read that because he didn't have the fifth issue out yet, and I asked amazing. him if he had it, and he goes, "It's coming." He's like, he's like, I hate to sound like that because like this is the where the the problems come in. Like he's like, you know, it's it's almost out. He's like, the trade should be out in July. He's like, if everything goes to schedule. He's like, so, you know, it's great. Have it all then. But I have them all here besides the fifth one. If you want to get them, I was it's like, great. I, have, it's so I have the first issue. I don't have anything else. Cause it's so, Kevin, it's so good. I know Robert, Robert told me like, and the, the crazy thing is like he, we met last year and I convinced Robert to buy his book and he remembers that. So the funniest part about it was, was like, oh, you know, Hey, I just want to give you this. Bobby and I wrote it. And he's like, Oh, Bob France. I know Bob. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, and he was, he's like, yeah, totally ready. Take a comic, pick anything you want off the table. I was like, I kind of just wanted to get the other Kingpin. And he's like, you know what? He's like, take a secret warriors with your Kingpin. I was like, no, no, I gave you one comic. He's like, I don't care. I just want to, I just want to be near you. <laughs> I was just like, I just want you to like rub on me so I can get some awesomeness. So I can get some super talent. Yeah, that guy's a beast, dude. Yeah, he is. He's great too. Yeah, he's my favorite guy working in comics. We got to get him on the show because he kind of knows me, which is cool. <laughs> which yeah. me, see, which means you big time, son. You big nah, time. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> nah it ain't like that, son. It ain't like that. But he kind of knows me. Like he's he's nice to me on Twitter and in person, which is rare and cool. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess. That concludes this episode. Yeah, thank you for Rich for coming on. Go buy his Ninja Turtle book that's out now. Uh, support his Kickstarter. Just uh, what search Kickstarter. It's called Gutter Magic. Give him a couple bucks. He'll get some stuff by September, and you'll be good to go, baby. So uh, we are the Word Bros, and we'll talk to you guys next Wednesday. Next New Comic Day. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Do it, <too. laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com.